girl Kanjo and welcome back to another episode of Think Out Loud and we are back with another banger but before we get started with today's episode make sure you guys are following Think Out Loud on Instagram as well you're subscribed to Think Out Loud's platform page on your preferred listening platform Whew, y'all I had to record this a few times because I literally went so off track and I literally have a list of everything I want to touch on this topic but today's topic I really been pushing aside because it's really opinionated and some people may not like it, but it's 100% the truth. So let's let's just jump right into it. So if you don't know what inclusivity is, it's basically including all and having equal opportunity for everyone, right? So my question for you to think about when I say what I have to say is, do you think it's good, bad, or both good and bad? So let's talk about gentrification. I know you guys know what gentrification is because you've seen it in any urban city there is. Literally, it's happening right in front of us. You can't miss it. But more specifically in the Bronx, I believe the Bronx is to this day the cheapest borough because I know that we do have a decent amount of low-income families in the Bronx. So our housing is cheaper, pardon me, our house, yeah, our housing is cheaper, our food is cheaper, like everything's just cheaper about the Bronx. And it's really spacious, like we have a lot of highways and, you know, so on and so forth because we're connected to Yonkers and Mount Vernon and that. But... Let's really talk about how, like, they're building all these random behind sky risers and little crevices of the Bronx. So, okay, that's cool. More housing. But then you have to think about who they're housing in those buildings. So, for example, my Haven, uh, they have a lot of public housing over there. It's pretty cheap over there. Like, I went to school over there. Like, I love my Haven because I can get a sandwich for $3 instead of paying $8 plus tax, which means it's $10. And I can get a bottle of water for a dollar instead of 10 but let me not <laughs> let me chill y'all but like they're building a lot of sky risers alongside the water of my haven because it's right next to manhattan so one the convenience two the view and i think that's really the only beneficial aspects for the people the type of people who are going to live in those buildings so i didn't do the research but i've seen the research done and the prices for those buildings is pretty high so we all know who's going to be able to afford those buildings, right? With that being said, you're putting expensive buildings near a low-income neighborhood. Disease spreads. The disease of gentrification spreads, I'm telling y'all. So it's like, okay, these people with money want to go to Western Beef, but they don't see their oat milk. They having a cow. They're going to advocate. They're going to get the whole floor to advocate to build a Whole Foods. They're going to get the whole floor to advocate to build the Trader Joe's. And I'm not saying those stuff is expensive to me personally, but to some people it is expensive. They're not paying $8 for milk when they can get a gallon of milk for three. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, cool. This stuff low-key is weird because after a while, as time progresses, you realize that gentrification literally pushes the natives out their own territory. If you think about it, you're going to make the area is so expensive because it's going to have so many visitors it's going to have so many people living there that literally the people who were there first and who continue to live there cannot afford it no more because the value of everything around that area is going up because johnny doesn't have his oat milk that's two percent fat like what 
And some of the stuff I may say may sound stereotypical, but if you think about some of the stereotypes, let's be 100 right now. Like, it's not beating around the bush. Some of the stereotypes do be 100% real. And honestly, the Bronx has so much culture. Like, I grew up in the Bronx, so, like, I know certain areas has this and that. I know where to go to eat. I know where to go get my hair done. I know where to do my toes. Like, the Bronx has so much culture that we literally inspired the world when it comes to hip-hop, uh, dancing, fashion. We literally inspired the world. So it's like, I don't know. When I see gentrification, it's like, okay, another bodega closed down for a barbershop that's cutting people's head for $200. And that's just an example. That example may not be real, but I don't know. Like, I grew up on bodegas, even, like, when my old elementary school was at. It was in East Harlem, right next to Central Park. I grew up in basically East Harlem as well as the Bronx because all my schools was in East Harlem. Why are all the bodegas closing down? What do you mean a sandwich shop for $10 on a roll? What? That sounds crazy. That really does sound crazy. And if you don't know what a bodega is, it's basically like a Hispanic-owned store. And, you know, you got a van the yucca, all of that, all of the good stuff. Like, I'm telling y'all, the Bronx has so much culture, and I don't want to see it get whitewashed away. Just put it like that. And it may not be whitewashed away, because Brooklyn has different areas where it won't get gentrified. I'm telling you, like, some parts of Brooklyn just always stay the same. Since almost 20 years I've been living, like, some parts of Brooklyn just always stay the same. Some parts of the Bronx may always stay the same. I don't know. But since the Bronx, I feel like it's the last to get gentrified compared to the other barrels. It's like, okay, the cheapest barrel, okay, most affordable, yeah. But what's next? What's next? You put up bike lanes in places that everyone got cars and it's a highway. Who's riding a bike when everyone rides their car on a highway in an area where there's only highways? Because there's a lot of highways in the Bronx, parkways, pardon me, highways, I don't know the difference. So that's really, that's really questionable. Um, as for fashion, honestly, oh, man, let's let's just keep it 100. I don't want to compete with people who wasn't doing this before I started doing it. Like I said, the black community, black and brown community, has created some trends. We're the trendsetters, whether it's name chains, earrings, Dapper Dan, Pharrell. We will always be the trendsetters, always, all around the world. So when I see people trying to, like, portray, I guess, black culture, it's like, okay, are you trying to, like, say, oh, yeah, I like your style, or are you mocking us? So I forgot the name of this brand, but we, we all know, like, let's, let's be real, a lot of men in the black and brown community, they sag their pants. Why did some brand try to mock a man sagging their pants? So they made a pair of pants that had, like, drawers attached to it as if they're already sagging, but it's all one piece collectively. Hope that made sense. I wish I could visually show you guys it, but search it up. It's, I forgot what brand it was. Oh my gosh, but it's like, okay, like, are you mocking us? And yeah, that is in a sense mockery because that might be a flaw of the black community. Like, why is your pants off your butt? Mm, aren't your butt cheeks cold? But it's like, okay, you know, this is a norm in our community. What's going on? And even like edges, people, black women been doing edges for I don't know how long, since Jerry Curls, they call it Gina now, I don't know who Gina is, I know Jerry, but why is people with, who's not in the type three slash four hair type 
doing their edges. Like, black Twitter is eating y'all up, calling it sticky bangs. I'm sorry. I'm, it's it's kind of, I don't know. So, I mean, like, then you question, like, is it gratitude or is it like, okay, we're mocking you because you look silly. But then again, we're in the black community. We think what we're doing is expressing our art, expressing our creativity, expressing our culture. So, of course, people are going to be trying to mock us. I mean, trying to mock us. Like, of course, that's just people have been trying to mock us since since they snatched us. Like, let's be real. But, like, even, like, the reselling aspect of Jordans and Air Force Ones. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Black people made Air Force Ones what they are today. I don't care what anybody says. Like, literally, they should give discounts to all the black people for Air Forces. Like, what? That's just crazy. But... For the reselling game, back to that, um, why am I going to pay $500 for sneakers that um, people were wearing that they were clowning us for prior? And that, too, like, all these cultures and stuff, like, all these attributes of black culture, we were getting clowned for, shamed for, fired, disrespected. It's like, now y'all want to do it? Now it's cool because it's on Pinterest and you see the swaggy girl, so swag, yeah. Yeah, she's swag. But anyway, back to the reselling thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying no $500 for no sneakers that I've been wearing. I paid $124 when I first caught them, but I had them for the five years. Now they're up to $500. I understand supply and demand. Okay, that's cute. But why is the person who was wearing the rumpadum shoes trying to buy 10,000 pairs and resell them to the black community? That sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. That's a scam. That is a scam. And people be falling for the scam, too, because they want the latest release Jordan Retro ones. I'm not feeling that scam. That's a whack scam. That's corny, cheesy. Next, get somebody else to do it. But, yeah, y'all, like, back to the back to the swaggy thing. I don't know. That fashion aspect gets really kind of, it gets really weird. Like, just keep it like that. It gets really weird. Even, like, grills and stuff, gold teeth. Grills is really a staple in Florida, Atlanta, like, every prominent black community um, in different states, especially southern states. So it's like, mm, what are you doing? What, what's what's going on? And I'm not trying to say, like, okay, you can't do it yet. Never do it. Or you're going to get bopped. No. But it's the fact that things that people were getting clowned for, fired at their jobs, disrespected, now you want to do it? That's kind of weird. And as for music, like I said, hip-hop developed in the Bronx. Black people created hip-hop. And black people created almost every genre there is. Rock, jazz, R&B, hip-hop, um, like, it's just, it's kind of crazy how we inspire literally the entire world. We inspire the entire world with everything we do, and we built it from the, the bottom up. But it's like, okay, now people in, what's the name, uh, Korea trying to do drill, but they saying the N-word, like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, do you not see yourself? You look like a fool. And that thing, too, a lot of um, Asian countries, they try to discredit black people um, and, like, attributes that we contain in our culture, but then they want to do it. Why do you have box braids in your hair and you know that your hair type isn't built for box braids? But do you, though? Keep wearing the box braids. So that's when I ask again, is inclusivity good? And I'm not saying, once more, I'm not saying that, oh, yeah, we got to stop. We got to gatekeep everything. Yeah, we can't, we can't control what other people do. Because if we, shoot, if you really want to gatekeep everything, delete your phone, throw it in the river. Because everything you post in the media, someone else is looking at. 
Every time you walk in the street, someone else is looking at you. So if you want to gatekeep everything, stay in the house. They don't have no social media. They have no access to the internet. They have, they have no access to the world. That's the only way you're going to gatekeep something. But people be trying to, oh, let's gatekeep this, let's gatekeep that. Okay, you could try, but it's hard to do. And I think the black community, like, of course, we try to gatekeep stuff. But then again, we got TikTok. We got Twitter, like Tutanese. That is a sacred African-American language. Why the heck are we giving Tutanese tutorials on TikTok? Like, anyways. So basically, like, this whole idea of gentrification is truly, it falls into the term culture vulture. So a culture vulture is someone who's not a part of an ideal culture, and they just steal aspects of another culture and claim it as their own or revamp it. So then that really acts like, that just really makes you want to act like, is culture dying? Because everyone is taking a little bit of someone else's things. So is culture really culture anymore? Or is it just like a big pool of a big stirring pot, a big pot stir, whatever the term is, of everybody having their own unique ways, you know? For my next topic, y'all, like I said, this, this, I have so much I want to say, but I'm really trying to like minimize it a lot to my best capability because I don't want to say the wrong thing and someone be like, oh, you said this, da, da, da. Nope. Mm-mm. Get somebody else to do it. Anyways, let's talk about the HBCU things. Do y'all know what H? I hope y'all know what HBCU stand for because I heard some crazy abbreviation terms. But the HBCU is historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, and there is a lot more so within like the East Coast. I don't think there's any HBCUs in the West Coast because you know East Coast had the most drama. I never really heard about the West Coast in my history books. I'm gonna be honest with you, but there's been a lot of HBCU drama that I really wanted to talk about too since this falls into the topic of inclusivity. But the most recent one was the white Howard student suing Howard for over $2 million. That sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. And his reason for suing, I didn't really go in depth in the article because I didn't really care. But the reasoning, quote unquote, is he felt like the school was creating a hostile education environment and he felt racially discriminated against. So I'm going to ask you the question again. Do you think inclusivity is good or bad? Once again, the abbreviation, historically black. Black in bold with a capital B, black. So it's like, okay, you're in this, you're in this all black space, right? You chose to go to Howard Law. It may be the best law school in the world, but you know that this space was designed for black people who were discriminated against and excluded from in the past from other education institutions. These these schools were designed for black people because we couldn't go where we wanted to go. So I was like, okay, cool. You accepting people. Oh, yeah, because Ben plays football. Yeah, let's give him a football scholarship. Oh, yeah, he, his GPA 4.0. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's bring him in. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, he, he'll make us look diverse. What? And I probably gonna be like, girl, what you talking about? I'm pro black, so like I said, my opinion could really get like tethered and inter- misinterpreted in the wrong way. But when you're pro black, you want all black people to win, regardless. So it's like, when I saw that article, I'm like, this is what Howard gets for trying to be all cute and diverse and included. Okay, cool. But let's stick to the roots because honestly, I don't care what anybody says. I'll just keep it a hundred with this. For the person that they are accepting that's non-black, 
is taking away a seat for a black student. And I don't care what anybody says. People be trying to argue that and try to disagree with that statement. What? You know how many black people got denied from HBCUs? But if you were to give that that young man from Tallahassee, Florida, with a 2.5 GPA, a chance, and he excelled and graduated with a 4.0 in a black space, what? If that ain't black excellence? So it's like, okay, cool, Ben plays football. Yeah, let's give him a scholarship. Oh, we low on funding. We got to accept everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuses, excuses, excuses. And also, I don't know if y'all heard about the white Latina who received also backlash from winning Miss HBCU for Culpin State University against Morgan State. So then that makes you want to side-eye the people who allowed her on the ballot and side-eye the voters. Once again, hence the historically black. And I feel like communities, um, if we were stronger and being more stern and strict, we would build so much faster. Like the Jewish community, I don't care what anybody says, they bowling. And we all know that they're bowling. Why? Because they're, they spend money within their own. They're, they're strong. They're united. And they're civil. That is a closed community. And not closed to be like, oh, like negative aspect of closed. Closed for benefits. So let's think about the black community. Are we, we not closed off. That's why everyone beating us up and stabbing us and laughing at us like we clowns. We're not closed off. So that's that. And like I said, think about it. Is inclusivity good or bad? Look at look at what happened. The white boy wants to sue Howard for $2 million. Do Howard even have $2 million? <laughs> because I, I feel like every HBCU, like, unless they're Howard, they're, getting, they're not getting funding. But, I mean, you know, mad famous alum went to Howard, so of course they're going to get funding. But it's like, okay, hmm, I don't know if we want to be included or I don't know if we want to include everybody because we might receive things like this. But as for like the inclusivity aspect of let's be appreciative or let's like, what the heck, why are you just doing this now? Let's talk about makeup, social settings, and Pinterest. So makeup brands nowadays are trying to expand their shades to darker shades. And Half of the makeup gurus are saying, oh, y'all should have been doing that. And half of the makeup gurus are just happy that they're starting to do it. Me personally, I'm not a makeup guru, but let me just say this. I'm not spending my money on no makeup brand that had the color of sand as a darkest shade. That's insane to me. I wasn't thinking about us before. Now y'all want to think about us to get some profit? Nah, keep, keep your sand shaded makeup over there. And I feel like we need to appreciate brands who are including darker colors oh Fenty Beauty let's go and she a black woman a black queen a black gal don't play with don't play with Rihanna don't play with Rihanna and I know there's other black brands that don't get enough recognition but if I did the research I would I might put y'all onto some gems but I don't have that for you guys today but like even social settings like things such as restaurants um a lot of people are mad that people who are not a part of their culture are coming into their culture's restaurants. So, for example, um, a lot of people were into, like, there was a trend, because, you know, everything's a trend. People were eating fufu, which is a West African pound of yam dish. Um, 
and a lot of people were trying it with goosey stew, peanut stew, so on and so forth. And a lot of the people, a part of the West African community, was like, "Hell no, y'all can't eat that." So then, like, you question, like, okay, should should everyone be included to eat food? But I feel like food should be access to everybody as long as you're respecting the culture and the aspect of their food. Why not? Why can't everybody try it? You know. And then lastly, for Pinterest. Um, Pinterest, honestly, in most platforms where you, like, search up things, as a black woman, you always have to search up or add black girl at the end of the sentence. Makeup tutorial, black girl. Hairstyles, black girl. Outfits, black girl. So now Pinterest included the skin tone filter. Um, if you're, like, looking at makeup, you can pick your shade. Or um, if you want to, like, look up for hair inspo, you can pick, like, your hair type. So me, I think they should have been at that. Because why do I have to add black girl at every sentence I have? Why is there people who don't look like me popping up doing their makeup? You know, dang well, I can't copy that makeup tutorial. So then that just makes you question, should we value these changes? Or should we be like, man, y'all should have been done that. Screw you, you know? Whew. Like I said, I really want to get into it. But I'm, I'm, really, I'm really trying to, you know, hold back a little bit. Hold back. But for my last thing just want to say like overall I just want y'all to think about it once more is inclusivity good or bad because like I said I, I mentioned a lot of things and we want diverse environments we want everyone to be kumbaya blah 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 but it's like okay if there's a power scheme to the environment already how the heck are we going to make it diverse if someone always ends up being on the top or someone always gets favored as well as our history history repeats we, we live in a capitalism society, so we, we already know how it goes. We already know how it's going to end, but just think about this. What would you want to see in your community in the future, in the next 10 years? What would you like? To, how would, matter of fact, how would you picture your community that you currently live in in the next 10 years? What do you want to see? What do you not want to see? Because, well, what can you do? And whether it's your community of living, your hair community, your cultural community, just communities in general. like, Because like I said, things are changing. Things cannot stop changing. That's what life does. Everything changes. Everything gets old. Everything gets out of style. New stuff are coming every day. So that's all I got to say. Like I say, y'all, I really could have went in, but the episode would be two hours long, and I would be jumping all of my topics. But I try to give y'all a little bit of structure. That's why I wrote everything down. I wanted to touch, talk, ooh, ooh, let me slow down. Touch and talk on. Jesus, I'm talking too fast, y'all. I'm out of breath. But thank God for tuning in for today's episode. And that is it. See ya.